0: Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, we're, th- we're with a very special guest. I, uh, I grew up seeing this man's artwork th- all throughout Seattle, up into Bellingham and near Mount Rainier. I used to go skiing at Crystal Mountain, and I'd see it in little gift shops there. Um, I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest Henry fans in Seattle, in, in my opinion. I don't have uh, a car that's wrapped in Henry artwork. I will say that. But um, I believe that this man's artwork is very pivotal in making Seattle's culture what it is. And um, this is a bucket list interview for me, so I'm very stoked for you to be here. Thanks a lot. Ryan Henry Ward or just Henry?
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: So let's start from the the very, very beginning. You were born in Montana. I was. Am I correct? Yes. Yep. For 10 years you lived there. Yep. So what was your childhood like?
1: Um, I was, well, I was raised by teenagers pretty much. So Mm. they, um, my parents had kids had my older brother when they were still in high school and me the year after. So, um, and then my younger brother five years later, but they were, uh, teenagers raising babies. Um, and I lived, I grew up in my great grand, a house that my great grandfather built Mm. and it was a small farm. And, um, my dad was a welder and my mom was a waitress and we had like a small functioning farm for growing vegetables and stuff like that. Um, I'd say we were uh, mostly like lower income childhood, but uh, um, I didn't really realize that till I started going to school and was, didn't have the cool clothes or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so the first early childhood and it was just kind of, Um, a lot of creativity, um, we didn't have very many toys, so we had to make our own toys and, um, uh, and also just like Halloween costumes, anything like that, we kind of had to create our own. And, uh, um, so there was a lot of, um, being lower income, there was a lot of like good stuff of, uh, creative and, you know, creativity, um, inspiration from my parents and stuff like that. And they're just like, just make something, make right. something, make something. And so just from early childhood, we were always making stuff. Um, and I think that that just kind of like k- has carried the ruin to my life.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I keep reiterating on the podcast, like podcasting specifically, even if I had known about podcasting when I was a younger kid or I would be now even, you know what I mean? Just it's, right. it's, those those little things when you like keep being told you can do this, you can do this. Right. Even even if it's a hobby that sticks in your mind, those yeah. are the things that you uh I, I believe in you can make your when I when I first started my podcast, people would be like, That's a nice dream of yours. Right. And I'm like, No, it's it's a goal. That's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah. I, I really feel like if um if, you know, creativity is like reinforced at a young age, it doesn't have to be a dream, it could be a right. goal, and you can find ways to make a livable living. Right. So you, you, I'm guessing ten years old. You went through all of elementary school in Montana.
1: Yeah, up till fourth grade, and then I, we moved to Yakima, Kent, and then by sixth grade, ended up in Enumclaw. Wow. Yeah. So there was like a few years of moving around there, and I was super excited. Like when I left Montana, we moved into town, mm-hmm. and all I cared about was candy and I'd go to like my friend's houses who lived in town. And cause I lived way out in the country. So I went to town and you could find like, you know, a couple dimes on the ground and go to the candy store and buy some Sour Patch Kids or something like that. And I loved that. And mm-hmm. so when I moved out of Montana, I was super stoked because I was like, I have access to candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can find quarters and get candy or whatever. And, um, uh, I remember like my best friend being all, you know, really crying and sad that I was leaving. And I was like, dude, I'm, I get to go to camp. Like I get candy now. <laughs> You've always had candy. And I, you know, you don't understand like access to like stores and stuff was like a big deal. So I, at 10, that was like my priority was like the candy hookup. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's, yeah. that's super funny. You found the yellow brick road yeah. or something. I still basically. like candy. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a huge sweet tooth. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That, I God. yeah, I, I, I love ice cream. Yeah. I love like anything peppermint. That's right. that's my go-to <laughs> that's thing. That's awesome. What what are, you, are you like sour? You brought up Sour Patch Kids. Is that like your I go? St- I
1: still like them. I'm more into the chocolates now. Okay, you know I like chocolate candy. Yeah. I think Reese's is really like blown up. They've expanded their candy like. Um, l- candy world that used to just be the, the Reese's cups and Reese's pieces now there's like 20 options or something
0: and there's like white chocolate flavor yeah. they got the Christmas tree see we could just have a whole yeah. candy podcast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's wild because um, for, for, people, for people who don't know Yakima to Kent to Enumclaw those are
1: so far apart they are in, yeah. in,
0: in Washington
1: yeah and it was like all about making new friends and Losing friends and making friends again and losing friends and stuff like that. But, mm.
0: So um, I guess it makes, I guess it would be like a full circle moment for your art to be in Enumclaw-ish area. Because yeah, I forget, what is that town? So I have a- <clears throat> Like out family. of
2: Greenwater?
1: Maybe. Yes, yeah.
0: yes. My family has a cabin in Greenwater. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so I've seen the the um, stickers and stuff there. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, Henry. Yeah. Got the postcards. So, but we'll, we'll get into like how you became- henry you are today um so you finished schooling i'm guessing in high school in yeah i finished in Enumplaw? Enumplaw. Okay. yeah yeah and then you went to art school am i correct
1: no i went to community college okay yeah and it took me like four years or something to get through community college okay. and because i just kind of worked and paid my way and then um went to Fairhaven college which is up in bellingham part of Western and I took a few art classes but not too many mm. took some printmaking and um, a life drawing class but it wasn't my main focus got it yeah
0: it's what's really cool about uh your art is like it's like your art is how I think of a movie actor where I'm like brad pitt would be great in this movie and then like in the third act brad pitt walks in and you're like oh shit brad pitt is here <laughs> you know what i mean so like that's awesome. i was uh, i forget where i was i was in this place in bellingham and i'm like if henry's heart was here that would be so cool and i turn the corner and i'm like oh shit it is here <laughs> you know what i mean So like it's i'm always super excited to see your see your art um so what what were your goals once you like were living in Washington and you started going to college, were you trying to be an artist or what were you going to school for at the time?
1: Um, No, I was, uh, I eventually I got into, um, I, I did want to be an artist, but I didn't really know how that was going to play out because Mm -hmm. I wasn't interested in the art world. I wasn't interested in like the fine art world, the galleries and museum scenes and the, the, um, with critics and the whole the whole thing I just wasn't like wanting to play that game Mm -hmm. um and so I was thinking I was going to be a children's book illustrator Mm. and writer so my main focus in college was creative writing and then I'd already kind of my art was already pretty well developed by the time I was in college um that I didn't want to focus on it much or have it like really messed around with um and uh so and i and i was just always making art so it wasn't like something i felt like i needed instruction with um the creative writing i felt like i needed more help with and then i also took some theater classes so if i ever did publish a book i could present th- present it and read it and feel comfortable with that yeah um and then i didn't really go down that road um i ended up getting into murals and doing more of the fine art world that I was scared of.
0: But. Wait, so you've never – you don't have a single – I feel like you have – you don't have a, a single child, children's no, book No, I now? do. Okay. I've,
1: I've illustrated some children's books, and then I've um, written and illustrated uh, A Squirrel's Guide to Happiness and Mystic Hug Thug, and now I have just a book of paintings called Now. Okay. Yeah. Would and that be so, like a
0: coffee – Table book, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. It's just all all artwork in that one. That's dope. So,
0: so for people who don't know, I, I should I should definitely like pull some pictures up on the podcast, just so people see what we're, we're talking about here. Um, so, when did these, any of these type of characters come to fruition, like is that something from a childhood age, or, <laughs> or did these some me. of these characters in this style come later on in life?
1: Um, some of them came through childhood. I was really into stuffed animals as a kid, mm. so um, I was. Um, like I was saying, I didn't have a lot of toys like that other kids had. I didn't have like a G.I. Joe collection. I didn't have the He-Man stuff. I didn't have the Star Wars toys. My parents were kind of anti-violence mm. and didn't want me to have any play war stuff. Uh, didn't stop us from playing war. We just did it with like BB guns and yeah. mouse traps, throwing mouse traps. <laughs> I think it was more dangerous that they didn't get us the toys, <laughs> man. Like we're lucky to survived childhood, really <laughs> whapping Damn. each other with like real sticks. It's like, just give him a toy. He won't do that. But, um, <laughs> Damn. yeah. So you can't like, you can't really stop the nature of a human, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. So I had a big collection of stuffed animals and I was really into them and kind of beyond the age that most kids are. Um, I just loved my stuffed animals. And as I started painting, um, Uh, a lot of those characters kind of like I had this stuffed animal elephant and it became this character. I started painting a lot. Mm. And a lot of the characters I kind of was working on um, in my twenties when I was really getting into painting, I was kind of drawing from those like personalities of those characters that I had developed from childhood. Mm. So they all had like um, already developed personalities and stuff like that. And I was just like beginning to paint them kind of in my um, late teens, early twenties,
0: and did, were you I like think. inspired by any artists at that time? Like, did you even like read comic books or anything like that?
1: Um, I wasn't really into comic books. I was into um, I read like, uh, I, I was pretty sheltered from art, got um, it. So, I had access to Saturday morning cartoons, um, and uh, Sunday morning comic strips, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. She got Garfield uh, and, at least, and, yeah, and <laughs> children's books. So yeah. these are like my three things I had access to. Um, yeah, I had Garfield, yeah, who's <laughs> um, hilarious. Um, but I think like when I was in, I was in third grade. I started. I had like my own comic strip that I started, mm. and that went on through high school. And it kind of it changed. It was, um, so in like third grade to I can't remember fifth grade or something there was uh Mr. Pibb and his dog Ernie was the cartoon strip and the um, his dog was an alligator Mm. and Mr. Pibb was this blind guy who thought he had a dog but he had a pet alligator and it would just eat everything (laughs) and he didn't know you know that was kind of the premise and it was like really third fourth grade humor you know
0: that's pretty great though that's pretty imaginative
1: yeah and then I started the cheese life which was another comic strip Really inspired by the far side. Okay. So it was probably like trying to copy that single frame cartoon style of Gary Larson, Mm. who's a Seattle guy too. Um, But that was probably my biggest inspiration. And then there was uh, Calvin and Hobbes and um, Herman by Jim Unger. His illustrative style was really influential. And uh, I really was studying... Calvin and Hobbes expressions. So like face expressions and body expressions and stuff like that. I was really like looking at that because I loved it and I wanted to like emulate that. Um, And at a really young age, my grandfather told me to not copy people, but to come up with my own style. So I would like, I wasn't trying to copy Calvin and Hobbes. I was just trying to figure out what he was doing with Mm -hmm. like, um, body movements and stuff like that
0: what is that so you're more it seems like you're more drawn to like drawing like animals how did that come into play
1: um i think that might be from rooted from like the the early stuffed animal stuff because i was using those things as as like painting tools kind of like i wanted to teach myself how to paint so i would just take the idea of the elephant and paint it like a hundred different ways mm-hmm. you know and that so there's like I was just painting elephants for a while and then I was just painting um bunny rabbits and then I was just painting goats and these were all kind of like characters from uh from early childhood it. I was just using their structure to kind of learn how to paint
0: and at this point do you have like a name for every type of character you draw? Like are there species or I still specific just, names right? I one?
1: still just keep it pretty generic. Mm. Yeah, like um, squirrel's just a squirrel and sasquatch is Sasquatch. Um, so most things generally have just a common name. Got it. Yeah.
0: Do you think are any of them abstract enough that they're like your own type of
1: creature, would you say? There's quite a few of those. Got yeah. It. And I don't I don't really I'm not really into naming things for some reason. Mm. I'm not sure why. What about like uh,
0: a car? Have you have you ever named a car?
1: Um Yeah. I've <laughs> I've named my own cars. Yeah. Um uh my van is named Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and up, well, Steve. that was from my, my hanging out with my niece, and we were like driving around and she said something else, and I heard Steve. Like we we're like, we should name this car, and then I thought she said Steve, she said something else, and then I was like, Well, its name is Steve. And then we just thought it was hilarious, it was like to give it a human name, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had a pickup truck called the Dark Cloud, and uh, I have a new car. I don't know what to name it yet. Okay. But, yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah, I I have never had luck with naming cars. Yeah. Because it's, it's supposed to come to you. you yeah. Know what I mean, so I'm I'm hoping it's going to be like some romantic thing one day. I'm just like driving the sun's setting, and then just pops in my
1: head. What kind of something.
2: what kind of car is it?
0: So. My car right now, it's it's a reliable car, pretty yeah. basic. It's like a Ford Fusion, okay, right? A 2014 Ford Fusion, pretty sleek. The funny, the backstory for the car is super. It's it's dark humor, and kind of sad, but I think it's funny. <laughs> so, basically, my first car I got was a uh, Acura Integra GS, okay, and um, got it from a car collector. Yeah, he had ten cars. His wife's like, you got to get rid of a car, right? So. Sold it for him, to me for like three thousand nice. bucks, like crazy deal, yeah. low miles. Awesome, um, but it was old enough that I didn't know at the time that you had to check your own oil. Okay, so I ran out of oil, messed up the alternator, like it was a whole thing. Yeah. Right, ended up messing up the catalytic converter as well. Died on the, on the freeway, almost got hit by a semi truck, and I was Damn. like, okay, it's time to get a new car. Yeah, right. So and i'm i'm the best at facebook marketplace or yeah. offer up or craigslist so um i borrowed my grandma's car for about 2 to 3 months okay and this time frame is starting to inch into early 2020 right, right? okay so then um march 2020 happens and the very beginning so nothing's ha- nothing's happened yet yes. right so i i find the car actually i bought the car down the street From here, so I bought it on uh, the app. Nice, super funny. So this, uh, this, this guy um, was just graduating from UW and moving back to Wuhan right before COVID started. Oh wow! I bought the car. Crazy, and we were starting to hear things about you know COVID, and I planned like a week long trip, and I got back the day of the lockdown. Yeah. And that was my first experience with my car. Oh my god! You know what I mean? So I feel like I have, I have sen- sentiment with this car. I just have yeah. don't have a name for it. Right. Yet. It's yeah, it's been well, that's been like two years now. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was crazy. This guy sort of moved back to. Florida. I was like, oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not the best at naming things. You can name it
1: pan or something. Yeah, from pandemic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that could be good.
1: Hundred percent. Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Ooh, see, yeah, I
1: call Labyrinth. Or have you, uh,
0: or have you checked out the new uh, Pinocchio movie by what's his name?
1: I've been watching it. It's pretty dope, yeah. man. Yeah, I just watched like probably forty-five minutes of it or something. It's dark. Yeah, I like it's it. It's Super Dwar- crazy. Yeah. yeah,
0: He's on a. Well, I forgot about, what is his name. Gu- Guimer- Guamour- Guillermo, FAIR- Gu whatever the yeah, director's name is. Yeah,
1: Del Toro. Yeah, I'm certain? just gonna go with Del Toro.
0: Yeah. Um he's been on a crazy run his uh like two months ago he released like a mini series on netflix and now he had this pinocchio you should watch that
1: i will yeah yeah
0: it's it's pretty good but yeah pan's labyrinth do you get any like inspiration from that at all yeah
1: i a lot of my work has those elements in it yeah Mm. a very um uh uh a friend of mine just uh, said folk magic was like a good term mm. for my artwork. I I do a lot of like um I do a lot of creatures from like uh like satyrs and things like that um and just magical uh um uh things more from like uh, kind of more old world stuff Got old it. world mythology um, for some reason, that stuff just wants to come out of me, mm. you know—unicorns um, and Sasquatches and gnomes and um, uh, yeah, mythological creatures from all different um, uh, mythologies. Would and you say kind of like?
0: Would you say it's more like? Would you say any of your like designs are ominous though, or would you say they're more like uplifting most of the time, or they have to
1: go like? There's definitely a um my my canvas work it goes all range yeah Got there's it. like um super dark stuff to, um uh yeah i would say there's a lot of skulls and a lot of like indications of um death and stuff like that that i mm. i paint um i have a lot of feelings about death and so i want to like express them and talk about them a little bit with my work and um yeah there's some of my work has some violence in it and um uh, some of it has sexuality and um so there's I I think I'm expressing the full human range hell yeah yeah and my mural work tends to be I have a philosophy around my mural work um publicly which is um I'm trying to paint for the public and in, include all ages Mm-hmm. So I want to paint things that a five year old will like, a teenager will like, uh, ad- adults and elderly will all like. Be able to look at it and draw something from it, and not leave out um, anybody because of their age or education level. Fair enough. You know, like, would,
0: would uh, you say is the mascot? I mean, is your mascot the Sasquatch? Would you say it's kind of
1: become that? Okay. Yeah,
0: but that's not how it started.
1: No. Yeah, it didn't start that way. That kind of came a little bit that happened around 2000 I started painting the Sasquatch I think in 2010 um and then I think by 2012 he was in a couple murals and then Sasquatch Music Festival hit me up and they had me do their um ground the art on the grounds for like six years and so it really pushed that character and um and it pushed it into the consciousness of uh Washington and then everybody wanted the Sasquatch in a mural, you know, mm. and then so it's become this like main I, th- I would say it's my main character because of that. Damn. Yeah.
0: I, I love your uh, Sasquatch and Flatstick Pub. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, oh, so I think it's an your your works in like every Flatstick Pub.
1: I just finished their sixth one in Redmond. Whoa. Yeah. And three of the six have sculptures. So, um, uh, uh, South Lake union, Spokane, and now Redmond all have sculptures. Damn. Um, yeah, I just finished like a week and a half ago. I finished Redmond project, so that'll be opening pretty soon. And My body still hurts. And actually I had to shave my arms because I had so much, uh, adhesives and things that from sculpting stuck in my arm hair that I just shaved it off. And I was like, that's kind of weird.
0: Wow. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. So like, did you get any inspiration from sculpting from like your, you said your dad was a welder. Yeah. So like, does that like, does that handiwork come from any of your childhood at
1: all? Or I, well, I just think seeing things three dimensional is kind of natural for me because we were just building stuff with cardboard boxes a lot as kids. Got Um, it. You know, um, we used to build skateboard ramps a lot. Um, We were really into skateboarding, uh, me and my brothers. And we would just collect old wood, used wood. We'd build little launch ramps, half pipes, quarter pipes. And this was before, like, skate parks were a thing. Mm -hmm. There was, like, two skate parks in the state of Washington. There was an indoor one in Yakima. And then there was one out no, this one, the other one was in, I think that was the only one in Washington. And then there was one in Oregon, um, by, uh, seaside Oregon Mm -hmm. had, had a, um, skate park. And, um, so we just had to build all our own stuff. And, um, so all of our friends had skateboard ramps and, me and my brother were building that stuff. And then we'd also build like mini ones with for like fingerboard skates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were way into Tech that. Tech deck too. type things. Yeah. So we like just out of cardboard and all this stuff. So we were always like um constructing and building things. Mm-hmm. And um uh I I think my dad had a big imagination and um he's invented a few things and um uh he was kind of an inventor and uh um, a storyteller and stuff too so he was um and and he's still um where he works for with me now full time what yeah he's he runs all my merchandise and stuff like ah that. so, that's sick yeah, yeah he's captain of my merchandise basically so
0: wow yeah
1: he makes all my t-shirts and prints and mails them out to everybody and stuff so
0: dang so what's what that yeah. like having like uh a a parent that's not too far off in age from you. Like, does that mean you guys are kind of like best friends at this point or what is that like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm close. I'm super close with both my parents, um, in different, in different ways. They're completely different people from each other. Mm. They're still married. Wow. They've been together since, I mean, they started dating when my mom was a freshman in high school and my dad was a sophomore. So they've been together a while, you know, um, and they're, yeah, they're really different from each other, and then, but they have a lot in common too. They're both like just very sincere, honest people um, and how they present that's a little different. But mm. um, yeah, my mom has less of a filter and just tells you what's on her mind no matter what. And then my dad is a little quieter and um, uh, uh, still lets you know what's up, right. you know, but um, yeah, I'm super close with them. We have a lot in common. Hell yeah. Yeah.
0: And are, are your siblings creative at all?
1: Um, my older sibling, uh, he died, um, oh, wow! when he was 25 and I was 24. Whoa. And he was super creative musician, played, um, trumpet and guitar and, and quite a few different bands over the years. Um, uh, lead singer in a few bands. Um, uh, and a very visual artist and taught me a lot about visual arts as well um, mm. and then uh, my younger brother is uh, very creative and especially in the way he like uh, is a f- family dad he has like three three kids and um, just kind of pours everything into them you know mm. so um, yeah he kind of like his whole thing is them. So. Interesting. Yeah. And do you have, do you have kids at all? I don't never been married. Wow. Yeah.
0: That kind of, what is that like being like a full-time artist? Is that kind of like, do you feel like you get like tunnel vision still?
1: It doesn't allow me much time for those kind of things. And I see, I see friends that do those things and it just kind of takes away time. Um, and I'm so obsessed with my work that and kind of feel married to it. That um, mm. I try dating and um, it tends to not work out because it's like I'm not available. It's like yeah. you know, and I want to be, and then but the reality of it is, is always kind of a struggle.
0: That's kind of how it is, though. Yeah. To yeah. be honest. Yeah. So I don't even know how to phrase because you've been doing art for a while, so I don't know how you would say you got your start as Henry though? Would you say you got your start when you got your first paycheck as Henry or would you say you got your start when you made your first mural or whatever? I
1: think for me it was like a real big, it was a real clear decision to become a professional artist. Okay. And um, I had like gone through some physical injury stuff and ended up uh, deciding that I needed to um, create a career that I could work with, with like kind of a busted up back a little bit. Um, and so I was like, okay, now I'm going to start my art. And when I made that decision, I knew that uh, I was going to move into a vehicle. And mm-hmm. so I got like a, I got a truck off of Craigslist for like $300 or something like that. And barely ran. And then mm-hmm. a friend gave me a camper and i basically put the two things together had a friend help me put the lights hook the lights up for the camper headlights, lights and then i just drove it into um uh pretty close to like gasworks park and parked it and that was my house oh wow yeah and i got my art into a gallery in um in fremont and kind of all kind of simultaneously like working on getting the vehicle together and the artwork together. I think I put like 12 paintings together um, and had an art show at a gallery and I sold a couple pieces for like 700 bucks. And then um, I made pretty good money on my first art show, like somehow. And then uh, I just kept taking that money and reinvesting it into my art. Mm. And so I, and then About six months after that, I started doing murals, and um, publicly in Seattle, and then they just kind of took off.
0: Wait, so how did how why would an art gallery accept you? You weren't you were just like an artist off the street type.
1: Yeah, I was just out. I had my I basically put twelve paintings together, photographed them, put a little portfolio together, and was just going around everywhere. Wow! And then I just found the right fit. Hmm. Yeah, um, it was the Orange Splot Gallery in Fremont, and um, the dude liked my stuff, and it was the first guy to like it. Hmm. You know, were, I got turned down all over town, and this dude Kevin McEwen, who owned the gallery, was like, "I love it. I'm gonna give you a show." And what year was this? Would you say? Two thousand eight.
0: Oh wow.
1: Yeah, um, February two thousand eight. I had my first show in Seattle. Dang. Um and I'd done some coffee shop shows in Bellingham and things like that and I kind of knew that it would do okay. Got it. Um but he just was like, "Yeah, let's give it a go." And I had it and then he um he kept me in that gallery for like 18 months and Whoa. so every month at Art Walk, I w- we would have a thing there and it would and I kept selling work. Hmm. And um so as long as I kept selling, he was like, "You can stay in here." And then eventually the recession kinda hit and like kinda took him took the gallery down. And then after that I got into a coffee shop in Fremont Ballard area and um, the guy who owned it is named Garrett and he let me show my art in there for like eight years. So if anyone wanted an original painting, they could go there and get one right off the wall. What is
0: what does a recession do to physical art? Does that like make the value go down at all?
1: Well, it just I it kind of just took everybody out. Like right. it was like it was a big recession and it just kind of like everyone kind of ate it. Um but I survived it, you mm-hmm. know. A lot of artists didn't, but like I just started making art for more art for less money, kind of like I was making smaller pieces and I was doing like 10 paintings a day and I would just sell them for whatever, you know, after, mm. after that gallery closed. Um, and how I did so well in that first gallery is I allowed the, um, gallery owner to price it. Mm. And I said, I want to sell two paintings a week out of here and like you price them to make that happen. And so he did. And I was like the only artist in there doing that. Everyone else wanted to keep and be attached to their own pricing. And I, I was just like, you're in here, you know, people, so and I want to sell two a week, so whatever, you know. And they were like two hundred and twenty-six dollars. He has all weird prices, mm-hmm. but it worked, and it like he was selling, you know, quite a few pieces of mine out of there every week. Mm. So um I I think I just think outside of the box, I'm not attached to money. I think that helps. Um I uh I mean I like making money, but I'm not like um it's not necessarily a thing that drives me. Right. As much as I think other people, a lot of people get caught up in it and it slows them down. It's a stuck point, I think, for a lot of artists.
0: But, so in that first gallery, was it still like the similar styles to what we see today with your art?
1: Yeah, there might have been a little bit more like sexuality in the stuff. Like there was like just more body parts and stuff. And then I started doing like paintings for grade schools. And people would come to the gallery with grade school people and they would be like, I didn't want my kid to see that, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, it's an art gallery, you know, yeah. like don't bring them to Europe, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like that's pretty normal for the art world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just started thinking more, I, I think I just kind of lost interest in, I still paint those kind of things, but I don't need them on display, you know, for everyone to see. So right there's, I got a big enough, uh, interest audience in that, that they, can get a hold of me personally and see that kind of stuff
0: got it so like yeah. when you before right before the gallery were you like part of any collective or anything or were you just solely just doing this all by your own or do you have any like people telling you if you want to do art maybe this is how you do it you get th- that book together you shop around or how did that come to be
1: i just did it all on my own wow yeah i was just like yeah every every step of the way has been um figuring out how to do it on my own um, even now, like I run, I have big shows and I, I rent the venue. I hire the people that run the cash registers and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I just produce, like I produce my own shows without, um, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I still just try to do it my own way, mm-hmm. you know, mostly because I don't want to give like huge cuts to right people, you know, Fair like, enough. everyone wants like. <laughs> everyone wants 50% and it's like, I don't know. I did more work than you. Right. You know, like if, and I've had a lot of gallery shows where I've made that agreement. Okay. You get 50% and I get 50%. And then I see a lot of times them not putting what I feel is equivalent energy and advertising for my artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I saw more of that from a gallery it would be worth it like if I was selling twice as much mm-hmm. because they were advertising well then they would deserve 50% but I have just every time I get involved it's they're not pushing as much and they're taking a big cut so like and that might change so there might be like a gallery someday that um, can represent me and take me on but at this point I pretty much can just do it myself
0: got it yeah so that's, that's interesting to hear that you started out on like canvas versus murals because mm-hmm. C- I feel like me included, and maybe it's true. I feel like people think you got your start as like a graffiti artist or right. something. Yeah. And d- I'm guessing you didn't or I did not. Yeah. Mm. I
1: wasn't a graffiti artist. Um, it wasn't really part of my, uh, it, w- it wasn't like an option in my subculture growing up as a kid, like, uh, Growing up in Enumclaw, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't appealing. I mean, I think like in, like if I would have been raised in Seattle, it would be different because the skateboarding and graffiti culture are very closely related. Mm -hmm. But in Enumclaw, the skateboarding culture had nothing to do with graffiti. Right. Um, It was kind of a different, uh, a different vibe about it or something like that. And we didn't really even think about it. Mm-hmm. you know we were getting just in trouble for vandalizing with our skateboards and that was enough and there were so many cops for such a little area that like yeah we just we didn't even think about doing it you right. know and so by the time i got older i i was doing street art stuff as a teenager. I kind of got into wheat pasting and What's I just a kind of took a, took a little different angle. Like I, or I would see something and I would enhance it and like, add like that looks like this. And I would kind of add a mm. couple little things to make it, um, make it into something. Um, I'd say my late twenties, I was more into just, yeah, like, um, Get, starting to get into a little bit of graffiti and stuff like that. But I was definitely thinking different than most graffiti artists. Got it. You know, I wasn't thinking about just putting like a name up or something like that. I was kind of like putting cartoons up in bathrooms and things mm-hmm. like that. Um,
0: do you yeah. get asked a lot if you're, if you were a graffiti artist?
1: I do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, I paint with spray paint now all the time. Right. Um, so yeah, it, um, I think people just naturally make the connection that way.
0: But, wow. Yeah. So has your ma- so I'm guessing your materials of choice have changed throughout they the have. years as well? Yeah, for sure. Wow.
1: Yeah, spray paint. All my early murals were just house paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, spray paint kind of started taking over probably 2012. So it's probably been about 10 years that I've been doing my outdoor work with spray paint. The first four wow. or five years didn't have that. That's
0: yeah. Like most, of your murals outside are spray paint. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, that's wild.
1: Yeah, just solely spray paint too. Yeah.
0: Dang. Yeah. So do you have like a do you have like a spray paint connect that you go to to I, get stuff from? Well,
1: or? I'm kind of I think on some people's lists just because I buy so much at a time. Mm-hmm. So if like a store's closing down or. One of my friends just has overstock. They'll hit me up and I'll just buy like, you know, um, like I just bought 500 cans from somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, it's worth it. I save a couple bucks a can. My dad's up, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Damn. So yeah, I'll get, I'll get hit up. Hey, I got all this paint. You want it? And uh, yeah, mm. <laughs> usually I buy it, you know? And
0: you've always been like, into like a lot of different colors, mm-hmm. or has your, pal- has your palette changed at all throughout the years as well?
1: Um, I'm into bright colors, mm-hmm. I'm uh partially colorblind, like I've Whoa. red, green, colorblind, so I think I see things better when they're brighter. Okay, and uh, I actually had like those, um, I got those colorblind correction glasses. And I went and looked at all my artwork after I put those on and was like, oh, my God, I've really been. These are bright, you know, like that's kind of crazy. Um, So but I don't like wearing those, but I just I, I went and toured my murals with them on going, holy smoky, That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm Damn. Really laying it on thick there with some bright colors.
0: Do you think why do you think brightness kind of like associates with like happiness usually versus like my like my favorite era of. uh Music is like Motown, you yeah. know, and those are some of the saddest songs you will hear, but it's like all yeah. upbeat and stuff. So I yeah, feel yeah. like maybe that can be the same correlation to like yeah. bright colors at times. Right. But
1: yeah, and I'm into um I'm into like the full range of feelings too. Mm-hmm. And like I remember doing my first murals, and everyone was saying they're so bright and fun, and I'm like and happy, and I'm like none of the face expressions on any of my characters have smiles. They're mm-hmm. always like you know um uh like half asleep eyes or like they look tired or like just kind of thoughtful and it's the bright colors that people are associating with the happiness Mm -hmm. and then um so i i and if they were a different color palette it would be like he's kind of a bummer that's kind of you know that walrus looks pretty sad actually right so there's a lot of like um I think duality kind of, or juxtaposition in my artwork with like bright colors and like the expressions aren't super bright, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and uh, so I, I, I think that might be part of the intrigue and magic that most people don't really think about or see and they don't know why they like it. They think it's simple, but they like it enough because there's a lot of complexity going on on those, those kind of levels you know where it's going kind of full range with feelings with bright colors and sad expressions or like um uh bored looks or um just like derpy like yeah, but yeah like super bright and it's like you know um uh i think it's like where you are and kind of where you want to be kind of at the same time
0: fair enough yeah so what was the decision with like most your creatures have like the big eyes is it just
1: yeah so like well it's a really two-dimensional like a lot of my paintings are really kind of like side view flat two-dimensional and if you do one eye um big and one eye small it makes it look gives it like a a third dimension Mm. so it makes it look like this one's closer that one's further away and kind of forces your mind to see something that's really like a folk art flat design and pops it kind of um, into a different dimension. That makes and sense. It's, yeah. I'm kind of like obsessed with like simplicity and getting these ideas in the simplest way to um, mm. uh, make them work, you know?
0: And this is kind of an out of the box question, but this isn't like none of your creatures, do they like represent people at all?
1: Uh, sometimes they do. Okay. Yeah. Like this, I have a tattoo on my arm that's like a walrus and um, that uh, is a representation of a time where I was going, my back injury got really flared up and I had to stay in bed for a month. Mm. And so to get the bed to the bathroom, I had to like crawl. Kind of with my arms and drag my body to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and I just felt like a walrus. Mm. And so I tattooed the walrus on myself. Um, and then, well, you're
0: after- a tattoo artist as well.
1: Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I I did like six tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I did this one, and then it was it was when I was injured. I was living on a in a friend's house, like and. Uh, um, a friend brought over a tattoo gun cause I couldn't get out of bed. And so they were like, Oh, try this. And mm-hmm. people would come over and, um, uh, I'd give tattoos and they were very, uh, low skill level. Yeah. I didn't practice on things before. I just was just jumping in and giving tattoos. Mm-hmm. So there's about six of them out there that like, um, uh, around some people, I feel <laughs> and eternally apologize for ever giving any of them.
0: When when the you can sell that like if they're an or- organ donor, eventually you can sell that as an art gallery. Oh yeah, their arm or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 totally. Dang. Yeah. So I bet how many people like send you at least tattoos from another tattoo artist of like your characters on them. That's got to be a thing.
1: Yeah, I'd say there might be around a hundred. Wow. Or something like that. someone was just asking. I was just starting to like do the numbers and was like, it's, it's around a hundred people have Henry tattoos mm. that other tattoo artists have done.
0: And how does that make? Yeah. Is that kind of weird when like another artist is like copying your I, art? Or no, art that... I think it's cool. Okay.
1: Yeah, I like the tattoo thing. People hit me up, and like my main thing is like. Um, like people will want me to design something and they want to know how much that is. I'm like, well look through my catalog first. Cause mm. if you find something you like, you can just use it for free, you know? Um, because the tattoo, getting the tattoo is going to cost you enough money. Right? <laughs> so like, I don't want to gouge people. Um, but if I have to do the work, then I charge them. Like if they want something spe- specific, mm-hmm. um, this, uh, one person got, uh, a full sleeve and, they used the design like i painted a mural in their house and they used that mural as their tattoo so they didn't have to like have it redesigned you know they just took a photo of it brought it to the tattoo artist and they applied it
0: you have murals in people's houses oh a ton yeah what a lot of indoor
1: ones a lot of private yeah backyards inside all sorts of stuff some pretty crazy stuff like i've been in some like pretty crazy houses with epic views and stuff. And I'm like, man, this is awesome just being here, you know, and painting. Um, And did
0: you ever think that was going to, like, happen?
1: I did. You know, like, I remember being, when I was starting, I was living in a van or whatever or a camper and, like, someone buying art and me delivering it. And I'm delivering, I'm living in a vehicle and I'm delivering paintings to, like, multi-million dollar houses, you know, and helping them hang them. And then I'm going back to bed in my, you know, um, you know, crawling in my sleeping bag and shivering myself to sleep, you know, going, you know, eventually I'll get there, you know, um, I don't know. Um, I'm still not quite there. <laughs> but like, um, I just knew that that was like, I'm, I was, when I started as a professional artist, I was like, do or die. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm just gonna do this, and I don't care. Like I'm never gonna do another job, and that's like I was like I'd, I'll starve to death before that happens. So I feel that. Yeah. What it's is
0: the like the sh- adamant? What's the shittiest job you've had? Oh
1: my god, um, I've done a lot of shitty things, man. <laughs> um, I you know just. Kind of growing up out in Enumclaw, there was a lot, I did a lot of odd like farm jobs that were super, um, super hard digging, digging ditches, uh, digging, digging in the dirt's hard, Mm. you know. um, I put a lot of fence posts in, I've done a lot of like um, in the winter digging. I'd say uh, just a memory comes to me where I was building a fence for somebody and it was snowing out and I'm digging in the ice, the icy ground trying to get like fence posts in Mm. and like mixing cement and getting snowed on and like um, trying to get the job done in a day and that kind of thing. Like um, that kind of thing kind of sucks. Mm. But I've also had some jobs I really enjoyed that most people might not. Like I worked at little Caesar's pizza for a few years and I really liked it. Yeah. You know, I liked uh, the social atmosphere of it and stuff like that. I liked making pizzas like it was fun. So, mm. um, yeah, those kind of jobs were great, but, uh, um, yeah, being a table busser, that kind of sucked. Um, the shittiest job I think I ever had actually was, I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to wash dishes at night. I wanted a night shift dishwasher job. Yeah. And I got it at Sherry's. Um, <laughs> And I thought, oh, this is gonna be awesome. I can just go and escape into my little zone. Yeah. But the way that Sherry's has ran is they don't have bussers, so the uh, dishwasher has to go out to the floor mm. to get it from a mid station from the waitress, the, where the waitress puts them and bring them back in. So you never get the opportunity to get into a zone. Mm. You know. So I I quit after a couple of weeks. Yeah. I was just like, this sucks. Like, I I wanted to just like tune out and do my dishes but they were like okay now you got to clean the bathroom now you got to go get the dish you know it was just constantly like i just almost got in my zone you yeah, know yeah. like and they just wouldn't let you get in your zone and so finally i quit but damn yeah
0: so so remind me again what year was that when you were living in the camper um
1: 2008 2008 and, um i i lived in the in vehicles for about 10 years Whoa. Yeah, so it was about five years ago that I stopped living in vehicles. Wow, yeah. really? So I did like a, yeah, maybe a little over a decade of living in vehicles in, um, in Seattle.
0: Damn, I um have been focusing on in the past year or so, or finding moments in my life that can keep me grounded. Right. Because like... This is one of the studios. It's definitely one of the smaller ones I'm part of, and as you can see, there's no there's no windows or anything. So like I was, I've already been here since like 10 a.m. and by the time we leave, it'll be dark. Yeah. Know? So I haven't yeah. seen daylight since this morning. You know what I mean? And um, in the winter time, it just flies by, right. and I'm like, what the heck? It's already spring. Right. You know. So so I've been trying to find ways to like stay grounded, during, when when you were living in vehicles, do you ever, do you ever think back on that? Is that a place that keeps you grounded or what helps um, you keep you stay
1: grounded? And- I always enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, which I think a lot of people wouldn't, but like, I just felt like um, I felt the adventure and liked it, you know? Um, and I've always, I felt like I was camping. I didn't spend much time in the vehicle. I just used it. I kind of considered it a, like a sleeping pod you know? Um, so I was always out and about all day. Um, and like my first painting studio would just, it was just like Gasworks park hmm. and they had like a covered area that they left the lights on. All yeah, the night. yeah. And so I would just set up there at the picnic tables and paint, you know, and, um, uh, they had running water, they had light, you know, you know, I was cold a lot, but like, I was still just, I had a place to make art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of utilized the parks facilities for, um, uh, you know, getting, a starting a fire, getting it warm. Um, yeah. I'm just setting up my easel and painting, hanging out with homeless people, mm-hmm. um, getting to know all of them. And then I was dumpster diving a lot for food. Um, and so I would, and I knew all the great dumpsters, man. And I would bring back these huge amounts of food and then i'd just cook these huge meals for all the homeless people in the park and we would just feast and then i'd paint and like so that was like the first group of people that were really into my art was the homeless community wow yeah and they they knew me as as a person better than any other artist or anything you know that was like my um the community of people that i was around so, um, I still feel like a strong connection to the homeless community in Seattle. Um, you know, they were the first people believing in me. Um, wow. so, uh, I do like clothing and blanket drives every year. And, um, I try to get everybody that I can hooked up with something warmer and, you know, so my heart's really there. Cause I know what it's like, you know? Damn. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's wild! I don't think yeah. anyone would have thought of that. Yeah, and that's that's, but it's crazy. The thing is, really not that far off. If you want to be an artist full time, like I think people assume, you get one major music record hit, you get put in an art gallery, then you're set. Right? No, it it, it still it, takes so much
2: time. And, it's,
1: it's such a grind. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I'm still working super hard, man. Like. I mean, i yeah, this year I probably worked harder than any other year that mm. I've had so far as far as just like physical labor goes and all that, but you know. How do you relax? Um Well, I'm a pretty relaxed person, mm. so I think that helps like just in general, like like when I'm not working, I'm and even when I am working, I'm I, I have a relaxed disposition. And so I'm not really like super amped up kind of person. I think that just helps in general and, um, painting, studio painting, painting my canvases is super relaxing. So, um, uh, just hanging out and, you know, I'll have a friend come over and we'll just paint and hang out. Um, I go to movies. I walk my dog a lot, I go for hikes a lot. Um, uh, Every year I go to like ocean shores in the winter and I get like mm. a hotel for like a week with a hot tub and just like super decompression, you know. Um, so I'm into like these kind of super decompression like situations where I'm like, I'm not working for three days and I'm not getting out of bed. Right. My dog's like, come on, we've got to go for a walk. I'm like, <laughs> really? All right.
0: Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah would would you say like are you like are you like the art guy in seattle would you say like do you think like do most artists know who you are and like are like oh shit i'm a huge fan or what is that like
1: i do get like uh a lot of people coming up to me wanting to talk to me and meet me um when i go out hmm. and i i like it you know i i feel like it's like this moment um for someone They've seen my art for years, and they're. This is their moment to meet me, and have an interaction with me. So whatever I have going on, I try to set it aside. Mm-hmm. You know, could like maybe something bad happened in my day, and someone comes up to me, and I try to put me aside because this is their chance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm putting out a lot of visual uh, work into the landscape, and so it's influencing a lot of people's daily lives. And so when they do have that chance, I want to give it to them because it's like uh, it's important. Um, And I've I've met people that are uh, famous that have influenced me. And when they do give me that moment, it's like I never forget it. Right. And I always hold them in high regard, you know, and um, uh, but the most important thing is like it's just humans having an interaction and I want to be there for it and I want to like um, be in the moment with them and be like, yeah, I do do those paintings. And right. I'm really grateful that you like them and, you know, like have that interaction. Um, am I the art guy in Seattle? I, I've probably have, well, I do have more murals than anybody up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I might be one of the most known names, you know, um, but I, the Seattle is a, just a huge community of artists yeah. still. So, um, I, it's, it's hard to say that, uh, if, or if not, I'm the art guy of Seattle. Like, <laughs> Fair I, enough. I think it'd piss a lot of people off if I said I was, right. um, but I do constantly put out work and, um, a lot of people like it and a lot of people don't like it. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, uh, it's whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, It's it's just like for me, it's about whatever I got going on next is what I'm interested in, you know? Like it's kind of letting go of the past and being focused on the new work and being engaging in that. So that's kind of where my mind and heart is, is like uh, you're kind of only as good as the day you're in, you know?
0: Right. Do you think it's important to put like a face... To an artist, like what do you think of artists like a Banksy or anything like that?
1: I, I think it just depends. Mm. It just depends on their what they're doing. You know, like for me, it uh, it's the kind of person I am. So I think it's important to be there as a face because I just I like people and want to meet them and I want to have that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be present to people because I'm like, I'm putting stuff out in the world and I want them to know who's doing it, you right. know, um, and that's just me. But I think like um, I think bank what banks doing and how he's doing it's super awesome, too. Um, I mean, it allows him uh, to really do what he wants, which is like being in the Ukraine, doing a bunch of stuff and bringing awareness to that situation and he's more political and engaged that way mm-hmm. um, than I am. Um, he get, finds those hot spots and gets in them. But like, if everyone knew who he was, he wouldn't be able to do it. Fair enough, you know. And so that kind of allows his like v- vein of magic to happen mm-hmm. by not being known. And mine works a little better being known. So um, yeah, we're all just different people figuring it out. You right.
0: know. Do you have goals to like have your art be similar to? marketing-wise, similar to Keith Heron. Like, he's, like, probably one of my favorite it's artists. one of my favorites, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. he's super awesome.
0: Do you, Like, do you like that, or what are your opinions that, like, you constantly see his stuff on, like, T-shirts or, or, or whatever? I think like... it's
1: awesome, you know? Like, in a way, I feel like I'm a graffiti artist in the sense that I want as many spots as I can get. Like mm-hmm. I want my art on as many s- zones or things that I can get them on. And I I just think it's awesome. Like I think um, the more the culture sees art and interacts with it, the better our chance for a better world is really. Like mm-hmm. I think art's pivotally important in the sense that it encourages imagination and um, inspires people's creativity and, that's what's gonna like if anything's gonna save the world it's gonna be imagination and creativity you know being able to envision something better than where we're at 100 and so like the more that's in the world the better whether it's t-shirts or hats or walls and paintings and, and not just like one artist here and there but all, all artists should have that kind of exposure mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Is there
0: like a app or a map that shows where all your stuff is throughout Seattle?
1: I've never been good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I there was one a while back that had a pretty good go at it um, that I, but you know buildings get taken down or painted over things, and so it was kind of hard to keep up with. Mm. Um, but I'm wor- I'm presently working on getting a new one up so
0: do you have a favorite location that you've done mirror i guess that's how about this yeah favorite mural location and then maybe favorite like canvas location if there's like a certain house or area
1: yeah um i you know it's always the one i always feel like it's my recent work that answers Mm. that question like the um redmond Flatstick pub is probably my favorite like project i've done yet like it i really changed my painting style i, I really went more expressionistic and um it's kind of got a van gogh feeling to it mm. um so i changed up how i paint for it and just i think that experimentation and exploration is uh kind of is super important to me to like grow and And it's a really big risk to do it as a public artist, you know, because it's like I don't know if this is gonna look good, or I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, it's like all right, it's looking good. Thank God, my idea is working, you know. Um, uh, so it's this kind of constant like pushing myself to um, be better and grow, and I think that so whatever I just kind of finished is what I'm mostly would say would you know. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: And then what about like how many? how common is it for your stuff to be on cars or is there only like a few? Maybe it could be that I'm seeing the same car or I i, just, I don't know. There's a few out there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a
1: handful. Um, and I've done a ton, but like, so I can't remember what year it was. Um, 2009 or something. Sometime I, I painted my own car. I had a Volvo car and I painted it and, uh, brought it back into town and a bunch of people wanted their cars painted. Mm. Um, but it was a bunch of people that had cars that were almost kind of at the end of their lifespan. Mm. And it was when I was less expensive. So it was like, I'll paint your car for a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something. Um, and I painted a ton of them. So there, if there was a while, there was a ton of them rolling around that were all like on their last legs. So like the junkyard or like the, um, the pull, the pick and pull place was full of my stuff for a while (laughs) and people were getting like hoods that I painted and Ah, doors and bringing them home and hanging them up. ah, So there's some of that out there, you know, that's sick. Yeah. They're just like, Oh my God, there's a Henry car. And they just like remove the hood or whatever, you know, chunk of it and take it home. Um, So there's a few of those hanging up. And then uh, now, I mean, people will have me paint their like brand new cars now. Wow. So, there's some that I have painted that are out there that are going to be out there for, you know, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years or whatever. But like, um, there's not as many. Right. Just because you start charging more and you get less um, people can afford it.
0: How'd you find your worth? Like, when did you realize how much you can charge and that it made sense and all that?
1: Um, it first started out like more like, calculating it like a contractor like time and materials Mm. like it took me this much time to make this painting and it cost me this much in materials and how much do I need to like get more materials to make more art and be able to like get what I need in life um and that those numbers were a lot lower than I think what other people thought they needed Mm -hmm. um so my prices started out pretty low but I was thinking pretty pragmatically and um wasn't being influenced by how other artists were pricing their stuff I've never been influenced by that I still don't but um a few years back I I actually went to um a therapist about it because I just couldn't like didn't feel like I was selling my stuff for what I deserved and I I had to do some like real work around that and um yeah, have some big cries and, wow. you know, some stuff to, like, really go, okay, this is what my stuff's worth. And, and it's important to price it that way because I don't want to undervalue what other artists are doing, too. Like, you know, um, it's like you want I, – I want the ceiling to be higher so everyone can kind of go up. And if my prices are too low, then that ceiling drops and mm. doesn't allow other people to come up as much. So, um, becoming more conscious of uh, the whole, all the artists in Seattle, and how to like be in this ecosystem rather than this ego system, you know.
0: That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Oh wow! So how how often is it the city contracting you versus like an individual?
1: I'd say it's all. The city doesn't contract me. Oh really? Yeah, it's all private. There's one that I did this summer that was uh, through the city down in Pioneer Square that they had to approve it and do mm. some stuff on this electrical box in Pioneer Square. That's the only one. Everything else has been private. God,
0: because what about, I think, you know Desmond Hansen. hmm I had Desmond on like two years ago or something. Okay. Or maybe three years ago now. He was one of my first guests, like he's during so the pandemic. Cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's a cool dude.
0: And it turned out like he was like childhood friends with my stepdad growing up. It yeah, was just... nice. But maybe I got it wrong. But I thought he got contracted from the city to do the electrical boxes. I or think something. so. Yeah. Okay. I th-
1: yeah, I, I know he worked with the city on those. Yeah. So
0: I guess muralists and artists, they there's just so many different routes to go down to different get things route. done. Yeah. Yep. Whoa, that's super interesting. And
1: I just don't like. I mean. I hate doing paperwork and filling out forms and I just mm. I mean, I probably could have made way more money if I or could still if I was into it, but I just don't like filling it all the paperwork out. Right. Like I want someone to get a hold of me and want my artwork and want to pay me for it. Um and I want that relationship. I don't want like a I don't usually do like, oh, there's this call to artists, come up with a design and maybe get chosen. I've done that enough times where it's like you put all this energy and work in and they don't choose you. And you're like, you know, the waste of my time and energy. And I got enough people wanting my stuff to where I don't have to do that. And I'd rather take lower paid gigs and some big pimping half a million dollar city thing and have to compete and do all that for it because it's not the lifestyle I want to live, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. And how
0: often like how long would it take? I guess that really depends on the amount of space. But, like, on an average mural, how long would that take you to do?
1: I'd say my average ones are two to three days. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Then and, and how do you do they like put tarps over it during the nighttime, or how do you make sure nothing gets ruined, or is that always like a well, risk? Well, it's
1: just aerosol. So, um, it's, uh, um, yeah, the weather doesn't affect it. Got it. Yeah.
0: So that that's, yeah, it's super cool because yesterday, I. That's so interesting that you said none of it's from the city because I feel like some of them are like on, just like walls that you feel, would be part of. Do you ever? How about this? Do you ever do any for free that you just want to do? Not not that someone's asking you to do. Do you ever just find a place you want to put something up and you put it up? Or yeah. So that's got to be where I see some yeah, things. I do or do no. that
1: sometimes. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Yeah, there's some places that just need something. Okay. Um, and then I just do it. Uh, but. it's not as odd it's not as it gets less and less right so busy but like um and there's times where i just need to go play and have fun Mm. and not be in the mindset of making someone happy you know fair enough um and trying to and i just want to paint and um so i do that and i've um that's part of my life yeah too so
0: does anyone have any sculptures in their house or is that usually just no. plastic pub type thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just just for flat stick pubs so far. Wow. Yeah.
0: And how did you get that? Like how did that so you have a, you you've had a few different collaborations so w- or what, what would you call that? I guess yeah, I w- partnerships?
1: I was doing yeah, so I was doing um I did a f- couple places for Flat Stick Pub and then they uh so I did like Pioneer Square and Kirkland and then they were like, We're gonna open up this spot in South Lake Union. It's Um, we can't paint directly on the walls because it's a historic building Mm. and, but we want your artwork in here. Can you do sculptures? And I was like, I don't know how to do what you need, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Like sweet. And so I figured it out and I actually hired a friend who had a good shop and he helped me and we worked on that first set together and, um, kind of learned how to do styrofoam sculpture and how to, um, and I've changed my method since that time quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I use different tools than he used and stuff. Um, trying to keep it a little less toxic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it's super like carving styrofoam with hot knives puts out <laughs> a lot of smoke. So I'm just using a cha- electric chainsaw now to kind of do it. Oh which, wow! Yeah, it's uh, healthier for me anyway. But. Do you
0: ever? Do you still like geek out about certain supplies at all? Um, or do you kind of have your go-to thing at this point?
1: I, I mean I'm still learning and exploring. Good. So yeah, this whole the new ones I did, the the first couple sets have kind of get beat up a little bit too much, so I'm like um, I built them at the facility so that I could build them heavier. Mm-hmm. and I put a layer of cement on them um, and then plastic over that. So there's styrofoam cement and then a plastic coat. Um, and they are dense now. Like, Mm. I mean, I didn't like experiment with beating them up, but I think they can take a beating now. Hell yeah! You know, and they're in a miniature golf place, so they have to be able to. You know, people are drinking beer and playing mini golf around these statues. (laughs) Hits hits by golf. They're gonna take a swing every (laughs) once in a while. You know, you know. So, yeah, I think they're. I'm getting better at it. But,
2: Mm.
0: and then how did you? How did this all lead to you getting like a, your own like art gallery? How did that come to happen?
1: The art gallery, I just kind of like put it out online um, uh, that I was looking for a spot and a friend of mine was like, oh, I have this record shop and I'm moving out of it and I'm moving next door into a bigger spot. And so he talked to the landlord and they just kind of shooed me in there. Um, the landlord's really into the arts and stuff like that. So he wants to make the U District more art focused Mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah i just kind of got into that spot and then now the record store um that's going to be kind of my work spot and now i'm going to like take over half the record store and have my gallery in there so starting in january i'll be um it'll be open like 10 a.m to 8 p.m so and they're going to run the register the seattle records is going to be it's like a business partnership with them and they're super cool. And they also own the um, uh, poster shop, the Intervisions poster shop. Mm. So we're kind of collaborating space energy together and making like let's um, let's work together. So yeah.
0: And are you ever going to like be there when people are there? How does I
1: probably work? will be setting up for like once a month art walks and stuff like that. Got it. You know, and um, and I'm in the neighborhood, so if just by chance, kind of thing, but it won't be. It was a by appointment gallery and people got one on one time with me, but I just ended up, it was successful for about six months and then I ran out of time to give people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just got too busy with murals and things like that and wasn't able to meet people and make appointments. And so I'm like, I got to change this thing up.
0: And for artists who want to, you know, pursue, pursue their art full time and make money at is there more? I guess it's probably a culmination of everything. But is there more money in selling individualized art, or like, or selling to individuals, or being in an art gallery?
1: Um, I kind of feel like uh, you kind of have to do everything. Got it. Which is kind of a pain in the butt. But like, the more ways you have to do things, the better off you are. Because certain times, like. Things work really well for a while and then they stop working mm-hmm. and so um and that's just been this whole story of my career is like <laughs> this thing's jamming i got a situation and yeah. it's working and then it's like pfft, done mm. you know um no one's no one's buying out of there anymore or this thing isn't popular anymore um and i've uh so i'm always switching it up and um, when I started, it was more like I was kind of behind it. Like, oh, I didn't know that that's how it worked. And now I kind of know how that works. So I kind of stay ahead of it. Like I'm making changes before I need to. Right. Like knowing that no matter what I do, it's not going to be forever. Did you, you ever know?
0: get into the NFT space at all? Or what were your opinions on that?
1: I haven't. Wow. I think I I'd, I'd set one NFT up kind of for fun. Um, My friend Andrew helped me with it. We're like, let's just set one up. So there's one out there that someone could buy. Hmm. Um, I don't even know what it's on, Um, but I just like, I haven't gotten into it. I, I kind of wanted to watch and see what happens. I know I look up to some artists that do do it um, and do it really well, but I've also noticed some backlash with it for sure um, because people bought. And then they lost a bunch of money, and so then they have this. I don't want anyone to buy my stuff and lose yeah. lose money. What's going on know? with
0: that? That what are they called? the The ape guy, whatever yeah. that thing is,
1: board apes yacht like club or something. Yeah, like if you buy an original from me, like that thing's gonna go up in value. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's. I was talking to another guy, a guy the other night, who was showing me this old painting that he had of mine, and he was like, "I don't know the ethical way of selling this," and I'm like, "I'll buy it." I'll buy that thing back from you for twice as much as you paid, you know, cause I can sell it for four times as much as you paid, mm. you know, like, um, cause you bought it 10 years ago, like, um, f- like canvas work, fine artwork, murals, all that stuff goes up in value, you know? And, uh, so if you have a mural on your house, like there's, it's been a huge selling point for a lot of people's homes, you know? Wow. Yeah. The kid's rooms painted up with something cool. <sighs> Um, or their front of their house, like their retaining wall or something like that. Like that's always in the like um the realtor's like highlights or whatever, you know. So it's like they're not losing money by getting a mural in their house. Mm-hmm. You know. Like when they sell it it's I'd say nine times out of ten it's a selling point.
0: I have a good question for you. What's what's it like being like a living artist and being able to like enjoy the fruits of your labor?
1: Awesome. <laughs> it's cool oh, yeah. like I just bought a new car it's mm. the first time I bought a brand new car and I just bought it like a month ago now um and it's uh, a little Subaru Crosstrek and then I put I modified it I put about five grand into giving it a lift and putting bigger tires and bumpers and making it so it's like all terrain and stuff and I'm mm. looking at it going I paid for this with my artwork mm. you know and that's a trip you know, like, uh, and I really want that for everybody, you know, like, I want every artist to be able to get to that point where they are buying a brand new car and going, I did this with my, my artwork got me this, you know, or my music got me this, you know, Um, and that's, like, uh, it's really, like, a satisfying feeling.
0: Hell yeah. Two more questions. Mm -hmm. First, have you ever done, like, an album cover or anything? Like, do you ever work with, like like a recording artist or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Um I I did like I think four or five of the Nomads covers. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um uh a few other bands. Yeah. Um and yeah, I th- I think the Nomads might be like the most known group that I've done stuff for. Hell yeah. Yeah. And final question. I was waiting for Pearl Jam to hit me. Oh
0: that would be sick
1: (laughs) come on eddie (laughs) let's do this thing
0: yeah you're 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 like i'm telling you i i've got to be one of your biggest fans i'm telling i like your 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 art always makes me so excited and like whenever i'm being a tour guide for a friend i'm always like oh over there that's henry over there that's desmond hansen like to see like my guests and friends see their artwork out in the city it's 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 what keeps me going and keeps me inspired, honestly. Um, So my final question for you is what is um, some advice that you would give to up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers? You've dropped a lot of gems, but if you have one final piece of advice, what would you say?
1: Um, I guess if you really want to do it, you have to just keep it as your main obsession, you know, Um, and don't let anything stop you from it. And literally anything like I've had some big things trying to stop me from it, like Mm. big crises in my life that have um, where maybe it would have been a good idea to stop and get into something else. But um, I didn't. And I think that like um, just whatever you do, stick with it and put a lot of hours into it. And um, almost anything will work if you do that. (laughs) You know, I uh, I probably could have made more money if I would have put this much time and energy into like a lot of other things would work <laughs> better but like art's hard mm-hmm. you know and um but in the end i get to like um know that i did it uh the old song or the old adage i gotta do it my way so that uh um that feels good
0: yes sir well, I'm excited that you're now part of the NAS community.
1: I appreciate, it, yeah, man. yeah. This was really cool, and you're really cool. Thank I really, you, yeah, I thank really you. Appreciate this chance. I've been,
0: I've been looking forward to this, and it, it just, it's my favorite guests, and the guests I always look forward to having on. You just can't force it to happen. I just happened to have a friend whose sister has painted with you before. <laughs> now awesome. we now we're here. I'm like, oh my! It just something's just it, it just happened when they're meant to happen. You know, that's true. That's so, the
1: best things come out of that. 100%. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, what is the easiest way for people to find your art and get a hold of you? Uh,
1: the best way to find my art is drive around the city, <laughs> and the best way to get a hold of me is uh, um, uh, just look up Henry Murals, and there'll be a trail. Yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, there'll be a way to find me if you if and you put any effort in, though you'll find me. I'm so
0: Henry, happy. your your, what is this? it's not called your what's what's your your signature, Henry? Yeah, um, that's just your middle name or no? Yep, it's okay. my middle
1: name. Yeah, yep. It's like a family name. I have great grandfathers and from both sides, kind of down through um, uncles and grandpas, and it's kind of this name that. Wow. I chose because it's kind of the center of my name and it's the thing that kind of uh, from both sides of my um lineage that match up that's so, awesome yeah
0: well everyone this has been the nas podcast with and then you say henry <laughs> and we did it